Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. So I had a discovery recently that just charmed me so much. I brought it up in like every conversation I could bring it up in. Um, I I love this. I was equally charmed. (laughs) Go on. So we have to get rid of the rocker in Cam's room for uninteresting reasons. And I was like, we should replace it. We don't need a rocker really anymore. We should replace it with a love seat. And then came to discover that the area in his room where this would go is like too narrow for the standard love seat Mm -hmm. dimensions. Mm -hmm. And so started Googling narrow love seat which immediately the inner Google was like, no, 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 ma'am. Not, <laughs> it's not called a narrow love seat. It's called a chair and a half, <sighs> which I just was like, excuse me, what? How wonderful. A chair and a half. I have never heard this term before. Like not but, even as a marketing term. I've never no. heard this term. Like not even like in a West Elm catalog. But like the internet was bandying it about in a way that like, of course you would know it. It's like if I Googled like, I don't know, like long, thin pasta, it would be like spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like it was like, you must be referring to spaghetti. (laughs) It was like, this is clearly what you are looking for. Do you think people have just like spent a lot of money on these search terms or something? Yes. I I like, I honestly feel like all the mainstream furniture makers got together and was like, this is a good search term to optimize against. I like, and here's why, because it was the the one that comes up the most is West Elm. And West Elm fully just like bakes this into their SEO. Like the thing might not be called a chair and a half, but it's in their URL as a chair and a half or something like that. Right, 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 um, right. And right. then I think Maiden Home, which is one of the big DT, like venture back DTC ones, mm-hmm. also has a chair and a half. At first I was like, is this like a West Elm only term that then like Maiden Home also did? But then the Spruce has an article about it. They said the term chair and a half is the somewhat clumsy and cumbersome name for an extremely comfortable piece of furniture, an oversized chair that is wider than a standard chair, but narrower than a love seat. So like I said, a big chair. Um, a big chair. <laughs> here's, the, here's I have a, I have a bone to pick with the Spruce. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's clumsy or cumbersome. I think it's a great <laughs> name. I think you're right. It's a little odd that they chose to denigrate it and then wake up for it by being like, it's extremely comfortable. Like, it's a loony name, but it's yeah. a great name. Chair and a half. <laughs> I agree on. with you. What's not to like? It's perfect. And honestly, who is more served by a chair and a half than a parent and his or her toddler? A like person that, and a dog, you know? I mean, also, exact, also true. charming, cute. Yes. Like, yes. it's just meant for, like, cute duos, is what I think. Two toddlers, side by side. Perfect. Chair and a half. Well, I um, regret to inform you I have not found a chair and a half for me. Why not? It, well, first of all, like, because then I got really stuck on the search term. And it really, it's like Wayfair, who's, who's like, doing a lot of chair yeah. and a half. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not the types of makers that I'm typically interested in that are, and there's nothing wrong with Wayfair. They have plenty of great stuff. But it's like, I haven't been able to find the chair and a half that I've been looking for because the other thing is that a lot of the chair and a halves that I found are incredibly expensive. There's one that I was coveting even before I knew what a chair and a half was that does not bill itself as a chair and a half. But um, given its dimensions and comfiness yeah. and all of that, mm, it, you it's, know. It's from something called Maker and Son. And it's like not even my personal style. It's like way more Nancy Myers than it is me, but it's really big and fluffy and comes in interesting colors and you can do like piping on the edges. But beyond it, that- It's I'm, like 90s Soho loft of a supermodel energy. 1,000%. 1,000%. That is what the Marnie armchair from Maker and Son is. Um, Marnie armchair? I mean, it just keeps getting yeah, better. Yeah, it's so Marnie true. chair and a half. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if anybody, I mean, I also think that part of this comes from just feeling like in general, I never feel like I really know where the good solutions for sofas are. It's like a hard, it's a tough market and they're so expensive, always so much more expensive than you want them to be. I love clad home, but they don't make a chair and a half that I like. And so if anybody has ideas for a really wonderful chair and a half, please let me know. I'm feeling like I wish the thing that I keep searching for was feeding me these search terms because mm -hmm. it is not. Like there's yep. no, like you mean chair and a half yep. when I search for stool coat rack. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This is like, we talked about, I mentioned this on the PJ episode, but it's right. basically a stool where one of the legs extends straight up and like in the best looking ones, it's mm -hmm. like, it, you know, just fully looks like an extension of the leg, right. not something else. It looks and, like one leg is is just much longer than all the others. Yeah, one leg's like a giraffe neck and then yeah. the others are just like normal stool legs. And uh -huh. then it has hooks on it, you know, where you can hang some stuff. Yeah. And Umbra makes one now. Room and Board mm -hmm. does a little bench one. I'm mm -hmm. still like holding out hope for this one from Barcelona mm -hmm. uh -huh, that I keep sending emails in Spanish about. Um, so what we'll do you see. think it should be called? I so that's the thing. It's like I haven't come up with great names. A sit and hang. It just mm. feels like a really chair and a half adjacent. I'm surprised like, it's not called like a butler stool or something. Totally. So the other one, my other thought was tidy stool. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. The tidy stool, yeah. which does feel at least a little bit. We're at least playing into Marie Kondo and at least right. playing into like organization culture. Yeah. Um, well, I also feel like it's like it is a butler. Like it. It yes. takes your coat for you when you walk in the door and then yeah, totally. offers you a place to sit. I think that's what a butler does. The, all the ones I've encountered. I also feel like <laughs> the term butler is bandied about in home. Like there are other pieces of furniture that are referred to as butlers. And, They're like right? more largely men's products or mm -hmm. like men adjacent yeah. furniture mm -hmm. things because men have butlers. I don't know, Claire. It's very strange. <laughs> I just, I do think that this thing deserves a good name. Accepting nominations over here. Yeah. Um, please email, DM, voicemail, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know about you, but I'm dying to get back to workout classes again. It's been so long. I'm starting to miss the little things. Like, do you know what I would give to wipe someone else's sweat off the machines right now? Or to hear the instructor shout at me to get another rep in? Vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19 and get back to the good times. Find a COVID-19 vaccine location near you at vaccines.gov. That's V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S.gov. Thank you so much to American Giant for sponsoring today's episode. Claire, the other day I went to put on one of my favorite tops and there was a hole under the armpit. And Ugh, always I under the armpit. Always under the armpit. And I was so butt sore about it. And like, mm-hmm. obviously it can be repaired. It's not the end of the world, but it just felt like why? And like, why wasn't this made in a way that this didn't happen? And like, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like I was like wagging my finger at the shirt as if it was going <laughs> to respond in some meaningful way. going to put it in timeout. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is like the whole thing with American Giant. And like, it's all about construction and building things to last and not getting holes under your armpits. I really do trust American Giant that these t-shirts are not going to get a hole under the armpit. If they care about any It's about making products in a way that they're built to last and that is responsible. So we've told you about their CEO, Bayard Winthrop. He's the founder of American Giant. He's got that whole story about the zip-up hoodie. And it's really interesting because he was very like obsessed with making the greatest t-shirt because he wasn't satisfied with what was on the market. But I'm I found it super compelling how he came around to this. Basically, he was like, we're already making these zip-up hoodies in the U.S. And when you're making zip-up hoodies in the U.S., you're thinking about all of the other like really quality products and pieces of apparel that have been made in the U.S. over the years. Like, What are the iconic American-made things? You've got blue jeans, a flannel shirt, the pullover sweatshirt, sweatpants, but the t-shirt's kind of at the top. So these t-shirts that they sell at American Giant are made with custom, non-see-through, heavyweight slub fabric that has rich and varied textured and tailored silhouettes. American Giant's best-selling premium sub tee is manufactured with quality care in Los Angeles, California. They stay in close partnership with their suppliers and their products are built to last. They really understand what it means to actually manufacture these pieces. They use 100% American-grown cotton and they spent over a year obsessing over the fabric and tested several variations until they found the perfect one. It's substantial and weighty fabric that's non-see-through and non-torquing, unlike other slub tees on the market, and it holds color incredibly well. The rich and varied texture gives it a unique look that holds its shape after wash and wear. Get your new favorite tees at American-Giant.com today and use promo code a thing or two for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code a thing or two at American-Giant.com. But this also reminded me of an incredibly named product that I don't mm. know if we've ever shared about. And I need you to like refresh my memory of all of the pieces. The <laughs> sink positive. Yeah. So when Chris and I had just started dating, he moved into a new apartment and he hadn't been that eager for me to come see it. And then when I, but I was like, <laughs> and you really had just started dating, but we're all, but I think he also knew it was like, yeah. she's going to like assert too much in yeah. <laughs> for my new space that she does not <laughs> And so I like came to see it and it was fine. And then we went and got, I, I, I actually don't know if I'm remembering this accurately. We, I, we went and got a drink afterwards. I remember we were sitting at the bar and he all of a sudden was like, I don't know, I actually don't know which one of us it dawned on, but I think it was him who was like, you know what I was just thinking? I just feel like, I'm not sure there's a sink in that in the bathroom. And he'd already <laughs> rented the apartment. It wasn't like- Like he signed to, the contract. It yeah, was done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, I don't... And I was like, I need you to like look at the pictures and figure it out right now. We need to know immediately. Yeah. And sure enough, there was no sink in the bathroom of this like tiny little apartment. Then the bathroom was right off the kitchen. So I think 
whoever made the design decisions in this just assumed that you just use the kitchen sink. You don't need a sink in the bathroom. Um, it's the same people who made the design decisions about putting showers and kitchens in yeah. like r- random New York apartments. Like, exactly. Same, same contractors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think he... I honestly don't know if it would have bothered him. Like he might have just been like, it's fine. But I think he thought he would notice that I was rather like surprised. Alarmed. Alarmed. (laughs) And resourceful guy that he is, he found something on the internet called the sink positive. Actually, maybe our friend Courtney told us about it. I was going to say, I think think you like told enough people about this that someone was like, hey, actually... I once dealt with something not dissimilar and here's the answer. You know why? Because all I know, I don't know if I'm just forgetting a detail or I just had a better flair for storytelling back then, but I remember the story of how we figured out that there was no sink in the apartment being a lot more entertaining. And it was like my party. <laughs> it was my party's like conversation starter for a while. And you're right. I would tell everybody because it felt like such a good story. And our friend Courtney was like, oh, he needs the sink positive, which <laughs> is a product that bills itself as like an eco product that uses clean water from the toilet bowl so that from when like you, the tank yes from yeah sorry not the bowl from the tank yeah. <laughs> and, and it when you flush the toilet the sink runs so it sits on top of the tank you like replace the tank cover on your toilet with the sink positive and that was how he solved the problem and it was funny because eventually before the lease was up in that apartment he and I moved in together so he was subletting for it for a while and he was like the Scandinavians love this thing. Like he was all getting like a bunch of like Europeans and Scandinavians. And like, he just felt like it was like always this sell and they were super interested in it and very much like how clever. It Um, does feel like distinctly Danish. Yes. Like distinctly like something you would have in a Copenhagen apartment. But I also, I think that like the device is wonderful and Mm -hmm. so insane and like Mm -hmm. compelling in every way and nutty. But the name Sync Positive is really is good. A home run. Like Sync Positive. Like what's more optimistic <laughs> than like a spin on Sync Positive about a sink you put over your toilet? <laughs> it's quite delightful. It is, it's right up there with chair and a half for sure. That's what I just want that for yeah. my stool. <laughs> I want that for your stool too, Erica. I think you'll get it eventually. I hope so. You will. I hope so. That's the dream. That yeah. is the dream. Hey, uh, speaking of tiny New York apartments that put no sink in the bathroom or just put the shower straight in the kitchen, we wanted to talk about the New York vibe. This is the state of things right now. And also, like, Claire, we only go so many places and, like, this is hardly, this is hardly like a macro assessment. This is like, where have you and I gone and what have you and I seen in the neighborhoods that we have visited? Well, just consider this like a historical artifact of what New York was like in, you know, July of 2021. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. In general, I mean, I think the answer is like the energy is good. It is up. It is really good. It's up. People are happy. I think. It's funny because I've heard it from a couple of people or I've seen it like written places. And then Ann Friedman was in town a week or two ago and she wrote in her newsletter, she was like, I kept hearing that the energy was good, but I was like, I don't know if you can actually like, how how do you feel that? You know, she's like, but I actually really feel it. Like I yeah, went there totally. and I was like, yes, uh, correct. The energy is good. <laughs> I do think, you know, it's sort of trite at this point to say, but New York just got hit so hard and it felt like everybody 
went through it together, um, you know, and and sort of struggled through it together. And now is like relative to a lot of places in a decent spot with like vaccination rates and and infection rates. And so I do think there's a sense of pride in having like done this um, as a community of in some way. And I will say too that like, I know I keep banging this drum, but it is part of why I really loved being in a city during the pandemic because yes. you weren't only, you weren't just isolated in your house and your cars. Like you would go outside and you could see other people and you had the sense of like, we're all going through this together. Um, well, and there was just like a different way of gauging, I imagine. Like again, mm-hmm. not having been in a place that wasn't this, um, you just could like gauge the mood based on how people were walking down the street or how anxious people yes, were or whatever. Totally, um, because totally. you can't really hide that if you're on the sidewalk and you're supposed to be social distancing by six feet. <laughs> oh my God, completely. I mean, I, yeah, I just think back on all of the moments, like before we knew that masks were for sure something we should be doing and some people had just started wearing them yeah. and you're all looking around, like looking at each other for clues, like, okay, you're wearing one. Should I wear one too? And and now the reverse of that is happening where it was like for days, weeks, I feel after Biden said you didn't have to wear masks outside, people were still wearing masks outside. And we're all just sort of looking at each other being like, I we're want, all in this together. We're so all, we're exactly. going to like take each other's cues about how to like appropriately do this. Not like, exactly. I don't want to offend anybody and like upset anybody and step yes. out or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which I, you know, some people have criticized as just being like overly sanctimonious about all of this or whatever. But like, I don't know. I think there's something nice about that general energy. Like, I think we realize that that uh, we're all responsible to each other. And and um, well, I also just think part of like the social contract of living as a, in a city is like uh, taking into account other people's comfort and discomfort. Yeah. Totally. And like, Absolutely. I want people to think of me when they're standing by me. So I ought to think of them. I don't know. It just doesn't feel that yeah. fucking hard. I agree. I mean, listen, I also not to like bring this down because I this is meant to be a really positive episode, but there's, I feel like we can't gloss over the fact that like, there's a lot of shit still really fucked up in the city and like everywhere. And yes, yes, yes. And economically the city has not recovered and who knows what that will look like. And gun violence has like spiked just like it has across so much of the country and and deaths from drugs are a problem. And it's not, you know, we are in a very privileged position to be able to enjoy this moment, obviously of recovery or like being in the process of recovery. But, um, but or yeah, possibly it, being in this like blip where we have this summer, like yeah. who knows? Yeah. Which I think is another thing. Well, you you have to tell us what Thomas said about this. That like we all have this sense that like we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. We don't know what's going to happen next, and so we just have to take advantage while we can. Exactly, and and I was like, so I was telling him that like. I just feel like I have like suddenly have like all these plans and like more plans than I want to have. And I kind of don't know how to deal with it. And like, I don't know, it's just like a little overwhelming, but I also do want to see my friends and want to see people and like, don't want to say no. And I think everybody's attitude right now is smoke them if you've got them. Like just like smoke them if you've got them. Smoke them if you've got them. Like we don't know what's coming if we've learned anything. You know, I'm going off script here a little bit, but speaking of smoke them if you got them, Quite literally, uh, that is also happening across the city, um, which I think had happened even before we New York State passed the cannabis legalization law. But it, there's <laughs> you think so? <laughs> no, but it really in the time since like you think so? Oh yeah, I don't think so. I feel like I've been surprised and have felt like it's like I th- I expected a more of an uptick in just like public smoking than oh, I, I feel public- like it's constant. I really feel like I just felt like it was kind of constant before. I don't know. 
I feel like in our neighborhood, like on our block and then on Franklin, the main drag, like I rarely take a walk without smelling it at some point. And then it reached a new level earlier this week when Chris and I were on the subway going to a party very new experience in so many ways in, in that <laughs> so many new experiences in that sentence alone. And then somebody lit up a joint in the subway car while it was traveling, you know, underground. And I have to say, I was just like, thought it, it I thought it was so funny. I probably would have felt differently if Cam had been in the car and definitely some people were, you could tell Peeved perturbed it. by it. Yeah. Chris and I had gotten in like a very mild tiff beforehand about his insisting on folding a bunch of laundry before we left for this party and thereby making Nothing us late. Nothing says pregame like folding <laughs> laundry. <laughs> and so it was unnecessarily tense between us. And I think we both had that feeling of like, wow, okay, this is nice. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> like, neither of us would want to take a hit right now. But like, this just takes the edge off in a way that feels good. This just takes off the edge of fighting about folding laundry for sure. You both took a few deep inhales on the yeah. subway and like left feeling happier. I it was like a contact high and also the chuckle of like, this is New York right now in 2021 post pandemic is we're just like lighting up on the subway. Totally. Totally. Uh-huh. I do think, I feel like I've had room, heard rumors from very, from friends about like other, like all the shit that was going down on the subway when the subways were less crowded. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that's dissipated because they are more crowded again. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is just like a certain like amount of like Jane Jacobs, like the more people are around, the like less of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fascinating. Truly, truly. Totally fascinating. Other things we're seeing. What else are we seeing? Mm-hmm. People are back shopping for sure. People are shopping. I was in Soho last weekend. Mm-hmm. I swear to you that every store had a line. Like I almost sent you a picture of the line at the Birkenstock store and just flagging it. Like, guess what these people are waiting for? Because it was 40 people deep. You didn't need to send it because I had seen it too when I went to Soho and I had to go look. And it's, first of all, Birkenstock is only allowing like four people in the store at a time. Which yeah, I, and it's not a big store. It's not general. a big store. Um, no. And so some stores are still doing this. So that's also contributing to the line issue for sure. And I think people got so much more comfortable with standing in lines during the pandemic because most places had capacity limits um, and like pretty extreme capacity limits. So I do think people are just like, yeah, I'll stand in line. What, what do I got to do? Like, and totally. this will move quickly. The real, real people were like ravaging the racks. It was like wow. very intense. It was like one of those things where I was like, I got to get out of here. I just yeah. got to get out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, predictably, you know, obviously Chanel and Louis Vuitton and whatever stores that feel more like I think for some people, like cultural institutions to visit mm-hmm. um, were like had lines, but those, I don't know, like there was like wait, there were wait lists and there was a Louis Vuitton iPad out, like taking Love people's it. names and whatever. Wow. Um, I yeah. wonder if they had the thing like at restaurants where you can walk away and they'll text you when it's your turn. I hope. That would I be hope. great. That'd be really I, great. One thing I noticed is that like, so I, this just last weekend I was in Soho and people had finally stopped wearing masks in stores. It seemed like for the most part, like the stuff. And this seems to sort of be the case at restaurants at like most establishments. People were wearing masks inside commercial establishments. I noticed for like way after yes, it had been sort of mandated and some places were and are still mandating it. But what I've noticed now is it seems like most of that has gone out the window and staff is wearing masks at all of the places, at the stores and the restaurants and patrons are not. Yes, yes. Although I have noticed in like some restaurants are shifting and now mm-hmm. people working at the restaurant aren't wearing masks either. I don't know, whatever. It's like very, the like masked and unmaskedness is very fascinating and it's like so neighborhood specific. And it's very neighborhood specific. I feel like 
a few weeks ago, it was it felt even more neighborhood specific where in parts of Brooklyn, parts of South Brooklyn where we are and like uptown in Manhattan, there were large, it was like largely people wearing masks when they're walking around, but maybe not like in the parks, like mm-hmm. not in Prospect Park or in Central Park. But then in like lower Manhattan, there not a soul was in a mask. It's just so, yeah. I still, and this says so much more about me than about the world we're living in. When I see people outside, when if I pass somebody outside on the sidewalk wearing a mask and I'm not, I still feel a pang of guilt. Like, oh, oh you... To- totally, totally. Because I don't know what shit they've been through. Yeah, yeah. Or what they're dealing with. Or like, yeah. I don't... If Are they immunocompromised? Or like, right. did they have a loss? Or like, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel that like, oh, should I be wearing one too? Even yeah. though I know that outside it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah totally. Thank you so much to How to Do the Pop for sponsoring today's episode. So I feel like, Erica, people like you and me who were really like goody two-shoeses when we were (laughs) younger are now at a disadvantage that things like pot are just like legal or we've just, whether or not even they're legal where you live, our thinking has come around on them, right? Totally. Um, well, and like basically, you know, wanting to be a good student, feel like I didn't take the 101 <laughs> that was like given out in high school. Right. Wow. <laughs> it's a real, like you're really screwed know. in every direction, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so now we're in this situation of like, who's going to teach us? Who's going to teach us how to buy it, how to cook with it, which stream we want for what thing? Well, the answer is the How to Do the Pop podcast. So it's this podcast that I don't even think I knew I needed it, but it's the answers to all the things about all the cannabis. So it's like, if you want to learn about microdosing without reading that entire Islet Waldman book, mm, I got you covered, mm, 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 which mm. is me. I don't want to read that whole book. No, I'm with I'm, you, Claire. I'm I want to read that funny Yelp review thing where Islet Waldman got in a fight with the owner of the bra store, but I don't want to read the book <laughs> about it. So... How to do the pop podcast is going to tell us about microdosing. They've got an episode about like how to buy weed. They've got episodes about like if you want what pot you should buy for good sex, for good sleep, for good creativity, for pain, how to cook with weed, all of it. All of it. All of it. What we didn't really know, which is so interesting to think about, is that three out of four women in the U.S. have access to legal weed, but so many women still have so many questions. How to Do the Pop podcast is demystifying cannabis for women. Every week, they release short, fun episodes that answer all the questions women secretly Google about cannabis. How to Do the Pot shares women's personal stories and advice from experts to help with solutions around stress, sleep, sex, chronic pain, with the goal of helping women feel more confident in their choices about cannabis. That's what it is. Confidence. Confidence. If you're ready for practical advice about weed by women for women, listen to How to Do the Pot wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to Maiden for sponsoring today's episode. So Claire, I was thinking about how I'm not sure if I trust chefs for recipes because they sometimes just go so hog wild and want me to make nine sauces mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. everything needs its own bowl. Like the pot pot cookbook. You're like, I love you, but no. I love you, but no. Yeah. This is not an easy Tuesday night dinner. I don't yeah. know what you're thinking. But I feel very differently about chefs and tools. And if like a chef says, this is the pan or this is the knife or whatever, I'm there. I'm like in for it. Agree with you 100% on this. And I do feel like in general, a knife is just something that people don't realize that it's not that you don't like cooking. It's not that chopping is the worst thing in the world. It's that you don't have a sharp knife. It's that your knife sucks. It's It's that your knife sucks. 
And these tools are like not only made in partnership with chefs, but like endorsed by a lot of big deal chefs. And used by them. You know, yes. Stephanie Izzard, Grant Ackett, Tom Colicchio, some yeah. names you know, some people you've eat, whose restaurants you've eaten at or whose faces you've seen on TV and cheered for. These people like these things from Maiden, which is great. Just Tom great. Colicchio did like collaborated with them on a whole fishing knife set, which I don't know. I'm never going to go fishing and cut my own fish open, but maybe like you or someone you know is. And this is probably the fishing great knife gift. that you need. Great, great gift. gift. Great, great gift. gift. Maiden is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. They produce professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Maiden products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have over 28,000 five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Maiden is better cookware for better meals. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code ATHINGERTWO. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Go to maidencookware.com slash ATHINGERTWO and use promo code ATHINGERTWO for 15% off your first order. That's maidencookware.com slash ATHINGERTWO and use promo code ATHINGERTWO. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support us and help us bring this show to you every week. How about going out to dinner? The impossible reservation has returned. Yeah. Um, it's like back to like setting resi notifications and stuff. Yep. Like. It, yep. That just feels like it happened really quickly to me. I don't know. I think so too. And like, it's hard to gauge. I think it's funny because on some level, I expected it to not be as bad because I feel like nearly every restaurant in New York has doubled their capacity because of outdoor dining. Yeah. Because at some point they opened up, you know, the sidewalks for all these restaurants to to have outdoor dining and that has stuck around. And that's been amazing. But then I also can't tell if some restaurants are still limiting their indoor capacity if they're like not putting in as many tables inside. I also know that restaurants are short are having trouble staffing up. So I'm like, are you not seating as many people? I don't know what's going on. But there are random places like an Ethiopian restaurant in our neighborhood. Uh, Raz plant-based. Yeah. So delicious. Four Horsemen in Williamsburg where you're just like, why can I never get a reservation? This didn't used to be the case. Yes. Um, like a month out. You have to plan a month out, which yeah. again, like the idea of planning a month out feels like... Yeah. One thing that is happening or that has happened that I'm psyched about is I feel like there's like this Thai restaurant renaissance happening in New York, which is thrilling. Like there, it used to be there was like Pock Pock and some other things. And now it's like there's so many. Eater did a roundup of 28 of them, which I feel like didn't even have all the all-stars on it. And I'm just like, I'm game to just do a crawl of all the Thai restaurants in New 100%. York. hundred percent. You and I both went to Nua Table in our neighborhood mm -hmm. recently and loved so it. So good. And of course, there's Fish Cheeks, which is like an old standby. We did lose one of the best Thai restaurants uh, to the pandemic, Uncle Boone's, but their sister restaurant, Thai Diner, is going strong. Um, there's so many good ones. Yeah, um, 100%. I hope the same hope happens for Vietnamese restaurants. There's still a real shortage in New York. The other thing that's happening, and I also couldn't decide if this was just like us being old or dot, 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 but like the early dinner. It's not just us being old. The New York Post wrote a whole article about how early dinner is here to stay. Oh, well, the New York Post then. Yeah, Let's the New York it. Post. So <laughs> I will say, I mean, I didn't need the New York Post to tell me this, but obviously everybody started having dinner earlier during the pandemic because you could. Nothing else to do. Yeah. And like, <laughs> for, uh -huh. me, for me also, it was that 
Cam eats dinner at 6.30 and before we went into lockdown, he was a baby and he would eat baby food and we'd like put him down and then have dinner ourselves. And then I was like, oh, well now I can start getting dinner ready earlier. We can all eat together. So now I just always have dinner at 6.30 with him, which is nice because biologically my ideal dinner happens at 4.30. Mm -hmm. Um, like that is when I would like to eat dinner every night. It's still unfeasible despite the changed world we live in. But I do think people are just like, don't have to covertly sneak out of the office. You know, like they don't feel like they have to like have ass and chair time in the exact same way as long as they're like getting their work done. Are are people, do you think going back to work after dinner? So I am, but I also chalk that up to me being a parent and having to like log off at a certain time. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't, I, okay. I don't, go back to work if I go out to dinner. I'm not yeah. like usually coming yeah, yeah, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so, but, so the New York Post wrote about it and said, like quoted various people, but I think it's mo- it, it's like, it is what you think it is. Like people started eating dinner early during the pandemic and it, now they keep doing it. One person though said, I'm not a health nut, but my acupuncturist says people aren't eating during the day because of intermittent fasting. <laughs> Which I loved that like everybody got on the intermittent fasting train during COVID and now they're all having to eat dinner at 5 p.m. because you can't wait a second longer. It's I, so good. I love that we think intermittent trust fasting is that big of a thing that yes. it's like driving the entire restaurant. It's <laughs> the most like myopic New York provincial perspective ever. That like that's the thing. Um, uh, I love the thing you flagged from this piece that's mm-hmm. about how... The problem with the early birds is that they show up at six, but then they don't leave because they don't have shit else to do. I read this and I was like, wow, that's true. That's me. Because two or three times now I've had five or 6 p.m. dinner reservations. I've had this with you at least. Yes. At least twice. Yes. Um, And I've been like, that's lovely. I'll be home by eight. I'll be in bed by nine. No. And then- a discover like I'm reminded how great it is to go out to dinner and how great it is to see friends. I never want to leave, but also like I'm not tired. Let's order another drink. Let's do it. We've been politely kicked out of a restaurant because they <laughs> needed the table back, and I've like fully been like uh, still been at the restaurant at 9 p.m. after a 5 or 6 p.m. reservation, and the restaurant owners are like, "This is truly a problem for us. Like we right. can't be doing this." Right, um, right, 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 right. So now I need to be more conscious or conscientious of not hogging the tables. Like setting a timer on your, like 90 minutes. That's how long Or just like, you know, moving to the bar or whatever. That's right. That's right. I think when I'm out now, I'm like, I never want to go home, which was not an experience I had before the pandemic. These days I'm like, I I just like, I'm out. I'm having fun. I want to stay out. Thomas and I were going someplace recently, like an early meal and I was like, oh, we're getting the EBS or whatever. And he was like, EBS. And I was like, early bird special. And he was like, are people saying that? And I was like, no, but I feel like they should be. <laughs> mm. Like, I feel like useful, you yeah, know? Totally. Like, do you want to do EBS or it do you want to do like It sounds too close to IBS though. <laughs> and you're talking about eating. So it just feels like, mm. let's keep workshopping it. Okay. Maybe it's ebbs. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Ebbs yeah. I can get down with for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but on the flip side of this, it's like, or maybe not on the flip side, maybe very related to this. Mm-hmm. It's like the streets feel really empty at 10. Agreed. Um, like, and a lot of restaurants aren't open then. This like party that you mentioned about mm-hmm. taking the train to, a group of friends went to get dinner after and were like looking for something that was open at like, you know, 10, 10. And there was nothing, like truly nothing. It's very odd. And it it does depress me because I think it is one of the most wonderful things about New York is you can get anything at any time. And I had the same experience, left a party a couple weeks ago with Chris at like 10 and was like, 
unless we want just a slice of pizza, there's nowhere to eat right now. Totally. My friend JJ and I had that experience of like being the like last people at a restaurant, like staying too long. And we split, we like walked part of the way home together and split up. And then I immediately got a texting when you get home. Because um, mm-hmm. I think we were both like, oh God, it's like kind of spooky quiet out right now. Right. And like, is that weird? And like, is it weird for us to be like out by ourselves? Which is just like never a feeling that I would have had in New York. It's certainly at not at like 10, 15 before. Right. I don't know. I also think there was a curfew in place for a while during the yes. pandemic, even when restaurants had opened back yes. up. So it was like they were all closing by 10, I think. And maybe their last table was like 9.30. So I don't know if they just haven't gone back from that or what, like, I, you know, from a business perspective, I think they have to like assume that there's going to be enough tables to justify it. Yeah, if totally. If they're going to stay totally. open later. And if everybody's eating at five and keeping that table for four hours. <laughs> yep. You know who uh, is not going home early though? Tell me. The youth. The youth. Um, New York Mag did a brilliant thing. They launched a nightlife newsletter, which like the timing was impeccable because everybody, even if you're not a partier, you just want to know about all of the post-pandemic parties happening this summer. It's called Are You Coming? It's by Brock Collier. And it's described as party hopping with a different out and about New Yorker every week. Someone we admire here at the magazine for knowing how to have a good time. On Wednesdays, we'll send you a diary of our night together. From the scene to the seedy, it'll be a mix of gossip, voyeurism, and late night secrets for a quick midweek thrill. And because we don't want you to feel too much FOMO, we'll include recommendations for how to have a debaucherous season yourself. What parties to look out for, what bars to go to, and some special sexy suggestions for our single friends. I've read a couple of installments of this, and it is truly unhinged behavior happening in the parties. What what is piquing your interest? I can't well like I'm sh- shocked by the drugs, but I'm always shocked by the drugs because yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. part of person I am. I'm truly shocked by the bedtimes. Like I it turns what my stomach, are the bedtimes? Like 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm imagining them waking up and having that feeling like you've lost an entire day. And like I know, I know and listen, I was never this person. So totally. I will say that this is one of the few, if only things, this newsletter that I can identify as making me feel great about being old. And that's like, I really value that. I really value anything that can be, because I have, I mean, especially this last year during the pandemic, having a kid, I've just been like, I'm officially old. And this newsletter says to me, and that's fine. <laughs> that's what you're, <laughs> and this is what you're missing. You're yeah. fine. You know, I will say that on this episode, we've mentioned parties multiple times in the context of our lives. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that you and I have been to two, <laughs> to two events uh-huh. Uh-huh. at all. But yeah. really, as you can tell, we're really, we're really milking them for content. We Because I do feel that like event style parties that are like not raves have just started to come back. Like we went to a book party. We went to a birthday party where somebody rented out a bar. And I do feel like that sort of a party, which I will refer to as an event from here on out okay, um, an event, for, for purposes an event. of distinction. Yep. 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 That's just starting to happen again. Or, you know, again, maybe we just haven't been invited, <laughs> but like the book part, I will say when we went to the book party, everybody who walked in the door seemed to have that same feeling of like, wow, this it is was the first everybody's one. first party. It, it was, was everybody's first. first party. And that was yeah. like what, like the week after 4th of July. Um, yeah. And everybody was talking about how it was their first party and how oh, they yeah. were saying things that they wouldn't normally say. Like like being yeah. like, oh my yes. God, why did I say that? I would never say that. That's crazy. Like that kind of thing. Erica, at the other party, someone was introduced to me and they said, you look really familiar. And I said, thank you. And <laughs> then I had to say, I realized that wasn't a compliment. I know that. I just haven't <laughs> met new people a lot lately. <laughs> I've been meeting a lot of new people. 
But you know, it's nice that we can all have that to fall back on. Um, yes. <laughs> or at least, yes. you know, we may as well milk it for as long as we can. It's like, it's totally fine to be like socially anxious, socially inept. Like all yeah. of that's just like part of the flavor right now. Yeah. There was also a thing that I noticed on Instagram like kind of a while before I was being invited to events where there were like official events with like corporate sponsors and stuff. People were having to get rapid COVID tests at the door. And that I thought, oh, this is going to be a thing. And like these businesses that have developed these super rapid tests are going to make so much money. But I don't, I think that kind of died off. I don't think people are doing that anymore. I think proof of vaccination is something people are asking for. And I have been asked for it at a restaurant, at workout classes. Um, and New York has this Excelsior Pass that's like a little digital thing where you can just show people, which is nice. Uh, I don't mind showing that. No, 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 no. You went to a new place recently that is like part of the like, is this the new New York scene? Is this the new New York vibe? Well, you know, something big opened in New York. And so everybody had to like flock to see it because it was like, you know, that moment in New York. And it is called, it, it is it is big. It is a big deal, but it's called Little Island. And <laughs> basically Barry Diller funded this really expensive amusement park style park. There's not actually any rides in it. And it's, I was never excited about it. And there had, I didn't read the articles about it, but like there had, of course, been, I think some amount of, controversy surrounding it since the get-go of like, why do we need this Duh. architecturally interesting island Architecturally park. significant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. And I really didn't like, I was like, I'll see this thing when I see this thing. But my mother was really interested and wanted to make a pilgrimage. And it's like, it is, okay, I said it was, it's a big deal, but it's a little, it is a little. And so you have to either go early in the morning or make reservations and reservations are always sold out. Everything about this goes against what is wonderful about a public park. Like A, that you have to make reservations at all is ridiculous. B, there's no shade. C, there are very few places to sit. D, there are no like soccer fields. There's no exercise equipment. There's none of the stuff. There's that no like public parks. goods. Yeah, yeah, there's none of that. It's, it, it's a public spectacle is what it is. And people treat it as such because people flock to this thing and then they just Selfie sticks walk. and toe. Yeah. Selfie sticks and toe. You just walk along these narrow paths. So it's actually just as if you're standing in line for a ride at an amusement park because that is basically what this thing is, an amusement park without rides. And instead of rides, you just get to the top of the little island and you are presented with a view of the Jersey City skyline. Like that is it. And you're there. there is some open grass area. You're not allowed to walk on it or like sit on it or anything. I was so angry about it. And Barry Diller can do whatever he wants with his money until Elizabeth Warren's tax plan goes through. But in the meantime, if he wants to gift New York something, I just feel like there are so many other things he could well, gift New York. You know, I feel like on the spectrum between flying to the edge of space mm -hmm. and public housing, this falls somewhere closer to flying to the edge of space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you made me feel bad because I'm like, right, he's not doing that. I mean, listen, though, he did, he, I, 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 you should, you feel bad because he, he's decided that he needs a fancy thing to show how that he cares about New York. No, I just, there are other problems to solve. Public housing, education, libraries, mental health, sanitation, sanitation. like Food. Barry Diller, you want credit for a fancy park. If you think that feels good, how do you think it feels good to have solved the rat problem in New York? Like, I, that would be so much better for your sense of pride and your just like polling in general. I'm disappointed in him. I It was really nice of him to give us a gift. This just feels like the weird, like 
someone we went want off registry. Receipt. Yeah, we someone went receipt. off registry for your wedding and gave you like a neon green vase that you are have like you're just you it's too big to put in your cabinet you're like what am I supposed to do with this thing and by the way it's also in the middle of one of our best parks it's in like this this park is plopped down in the middle of the Hudson River Park which is a wonderful park with all of the things with the exercise equipment with the fields like why did we need this little appendage it's like barely an appendage it's like a it's like a growth it's like a pimple (laughs) I'm really (laughs) upset about it the one thing I've appreciated about lines and crowded spaces, and I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that I would get anything out of Barry Diller's Park or mm-hmm. like having to wait in line, you know, for, around the perimeter, but it's just the fact that like there is, there are so many looks out, mm-hmm. um, like especially oh, yes. in Manhattan, there are just mm-hmm. so many looks out. And I've been like really enjoying that like fashion yes. moment. Basically, I think the theme in lower Manhattan seems to be, it's either a bra as a top or no bra at all. Like you can't just be like wearing a bra under a top that's like passe. That's right. I've guess. been choosing, I guess, the no bra route among yeah. between the two. Um, I what I, I have mean, I'm passe and I've accepted it. It's fine. I think that's the theme of this this whole <laughs> report. It's like we're going to tell you what it's like out there for the youth and the cool people, but we are living a different experience. Listen, um, listen. I'm not wearing a skinny jean, but like I, I am wearing a bra. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm not showing my midriff, which also puts me in the minority, I think. A hundred percent. I've seen so many belly buttons. But you know what we're, you know what we're doing, right? We're not wearing heels. We're That's right. not wearing heels and the and the children are not wearing heels. They're wearing like a brogue with a dress or yep. obviously sneakers or whatever, a flat sandal, a combat boot, like whatever. But like, it does not feel like the heels are back at all. Agreed. As far as I've Absolutely seen. agreed. I also in Soho last week just saw so many full-blown workout looks like, not mm-hmm. like, oh, I have leggings on and I'm running errands and like going to Whole Foods yeah. that used to be the energy, but like a hot pink bike short with a matching crop top and then like the sunglasses or whatever coordinating in a specific way that it's like, this is a look. It's truly a look. I think it's a very TikTok-y look. And I say that only because I barely even look at TikTok, but as you know, I have become a recent fan of Tink's who is a TikToker who's also very active on Instagram. And her whole vibe is just fancy workout gear. Really yep. coordinated. Um, and yes, I see it all over Soho. All over Soho. All over Soho. I think in general, the other thing that I have just really appreciated to bring this full circle is that there is this feeling of everybody, no matter what the occasion, wanting to just celebrate it collectively. Like I could not believe with the Euro Cup last weekend, every single bar had people spilling out of it onto the streets. And I was like, is this the World Cup? I've never even, I feel like I've never even heard of the Euro Cup. Or I feel like in the past, the only time people have done this is when the US is winning something that we don't usually win. And everybody's like, <laughs> we got to go out and cheer. But this time it was the and Euro I do feel Cup. like for the World Cup, yes. like, of course this happens. Yeah. Yes, totally. definitely never win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, but like when the women's team. Well, you know, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. And of it was course. like, we all flocked to the bars. But this was the Euro Cup. And it was like, what? I don't, I don't, sure. Okay. But everybody was so psyched to go out to the bars and cheer. Then afterwards, there were just like groups of people. We we were at an outdoor restaurant after the game and there were just groups of merry Italians walking down the street, singing Italian songs together, celebrating, like, you know, hugging strangers. It felt like, and there has have been moments like this throughout the last couple of months. And I do think in some ways, Biden's victory, like the day that they announced that Biden had won the election was sort of the precursor to that, where it was like everybody 
went into the streets or all of these impromptu celebrations. And now it's like, let's just keep doing that. Like, you know, if there's an outdoor music thing happening, people are so into it. Well, I feel like there's like so much outdoor jazz right now, like regularly scheduled events. There's like the open streets thing in New York that's still happening, even though, you know, the city decided to put an end to the no boo, to the Mm -hmm. takeout booze thing for truly no reason whatsoever. Like everything just has this like, Washington Square Park energy, mm-hmm. even when you're nowhere near Washington Square Park. And Washington Square Park's energy has been really dialed up. I mean, just 11. <laughs> yes. Just like fully 11. Yeah. Like, I feel like more pythons in that park than ever, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly. Um, and this has been our book report on what it's like in New York right now. I love it's, it. It's vibing. There's energy. It's vibing. Yep. It's great um, people watching, you know? That's something we really missed out on. It's wonderful people watching, and I'm really enjoying being here. I'm going to LA in a couple of weeks, so I will deliver a scene report from there, let you know. Oh my gosh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, that's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so, so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us to make this podcast happen, especially our outstanding producer, Brian Peoples. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com. If you love our show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu at, you guessed it, a thing or two HQ.com.